Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Clippers dunked all over the Jazz. There's only one star left in Brooklyn. Plus, why is this year different for the Cleveland Browns? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It was easy to think after two straight wins for the Philadelphia 76ers in their Eastern Conference semifinal matchup with the Atlanta Hawks that they'd had something figured out. Trey Young and Atlanta had other ideas. They come storming back. Trey Young hands out a ridiculous 18 assists, and the Hawks stun Philly 103 100 to even the series at two games apiece. Joining me now from Locked On Hawks, Brad Rowland and Brad. What was the difference in the second half for this team to help them come back and get this huge win for their season? I think it was really the defense this time around. You know, obviously offense always gets the attention and there were certainly some plays offensively. You mentioned Trey Young and uh, there were other guys that played well offensively in the second half. But I think it was really just getting stops. They held Philadelphia to, uh, you know, a pretty stunningly low 38 points after halftime. Part of that was them struggling, but the Hawks just ratcheted it up and played very hard and very well defensively after halftime. What was the difference with Joel Embiid? Because he goes four for 20 in this game, does not make a shot in the second half. And if he, they get anything, Philly, from, from Embiid in the second half, they, they probably win, and yet they didn't. Yeah, I mean, it was night and day. And in the first three games, he was the best player on the floor. Even with Trey Young playing well, Joel Embiid was just thoroughly dominating. He was dictating everything in those first three games and he came out in this game and he even said after the game, he just didn't have the juice. He didn't, for whatever reason, I mean, I would assume a lot of it has to do with his, uh, with his ailing knee, but he just didn't have it in this game and a lot, a lot of settling for jump shots and more difficult attempts. And he got to the line a bunch, but aside from that, he really just didn't have his post-up game working and the Hawks had a better play on him and a combination of all kinds of things. But uh, in short, Philadelphia is not the same team. If he's not going to dominate. If you're Atlanta, Moving forward now, is this something, I mean, like I said, you get this bad Joel Embiid performance and it still takes a pretty remarkable comeback to get a win. How replicable does this feel for Atlanta moving forward? And I guess in some ways it doesn't matter because they only need to win two games. Yeah, I would say that the positive take would be the Hawks also shot like pretty unsustainably poorly in this game. I think the Hawks. Uh, you know, they they work at the they were gonna light the world on fire, but they shot worse on their attempts than you would expect them to. So that kind of thirty seven percent from the floor, thirty percent from three. The Philly outshot them in on both accounts by a significant margin and still lost. Yeah, that, that offsets some of it. You know, Embiid's going to be better, you would assume, if he is healthy and playing, or at least even somewhat healthy and playing, he'll be better than this. But the Hawks should shoot a little bit better. And, you know, it was kind of a weird game, all things considered. But I, I think it really comes down to what you get out of Embiid. And also, you know, it still looms that Atlanta has to go to Philly for these last two games. And the Sixers have been awesome at home this year. So still a slight advantage to Philadelphia, but obviously a, a very new series now at 2-2. Quickly, as we finish up here, how impressed have you been with with what Trey Young has been able to figure out in this series with two of these just stifling uh, giraffes guarding him? I mean, Brad, uh, uh, Brad, Brad, Brad Stevens, Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel have been, you know, really good at times. And yet Trey has has found a way. 
Yeah, he's just so crafty, quite honestly. In this game, he didn't have his scoring acumen up. He was not efficient by his standards, but 18 assists, two turnovers, just finding a way. Uh, he's kind of begged up right now, too. He talked about his shoulder, which was wrapped up throughout this game, but his vision has always been my favorite trait of his is his passing, and that really shown through this game, just setting up guys and making life easier on his teammates. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, there's only one star left in Brooklyn. That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto is the easiest way to buy car parts online, a process that is normally a major, major Pain. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Did you know that? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to RockAuto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers came out on fire against the Jazz and never looked back to tie the series up at two games apiece. Chuck Mockler here coming out after the much needed game four win against the Jazz. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were absolutely unstoppable tonight. The defense came out pretty much right from the tip and was very frustrating for the Jazz. Rudy Gobert got baited into some early fouls. It was great to see. For about 85% of this game, the Clippers looked like true championship contenders. There were some kinks to get worked out, but at least we get to work them out. The Clippers will go back to Utah, tied up 2-2, and there will be a full capacity game for game six uh, back at Staples. Much needed win. The Clippers just get started when they're down two games to nothing. Let's go Clips. The Canadiens entered game one of their semifinal series with the Golden Knights on a seven-game win streak, but they would not get it to eight. Hey everyone, this is Laura Sava of Locked On Canadians. The Canadians have just lost their first game in the semifinal round against the Vegas Golden Knights. It's very evident from this game that Vegas is much better than any of the competition that they faced thus far. It's also extremely evident that they are really sorely missing Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie has made the trip to Vegas, as you know, and will be a day-to-day game-time decision. And as soon as he's ready to go, I think it's going to be a sight for sore eyes for the team. I do also think that the Canadians need to calm down a little bit. There was a lot of panicking and making mistakes against Vegas in that first game. While the score was 4-1, there's not a whole lot to be panicking about just yet. If the Canadians continue to panic and don't adjust well, then we can start worrying about the fate of the series. Major League Baseball is expected to announce today it will suspend players caught with any foreign substance for 10 days with pay to help curtail the widespread use of grip enhancers by pitchers around the league. The league will distribute a memo to teams which will have been briefed on the broad strokes of the policy change that outlines its plans to penalize all players caught by umpires with any foreign substance on their person from the widely used sunscreen and rosin combination to spider tack, an industrial glue that has become a favorite among pitchers who want to generate more spin on the ball. A 10-day paid vacation. Way to crack down, baseball. 
The NBA's competition committee met Monday to further explore rule changes to restrict the unnatural motion surrounding jump shots that players are using to draw fouls. The league wants to limit the ability of players, including crafty stars like James Harden, Luka Doncic, and Trey Young, to lean backwards, sideways, and anyways, just to initiate contact and get to the free throw line. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for today on betonline.ag. No James Harden, no Kyrie Irving, and the Nets and Bucks are tied at two games each. The betonline.ag line for this game has Milwaukee four-point favorites. The New York Islanders took Game 1 against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the semifinals for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Game 2 is tonight, and the betonline.ag line for that game is Tampa giving one and a half. For all your NBA playoff, Stanley Cup playoff, MLB, or golf odds, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. When Kyrie Irving went down in the first half of Game 4, it is not hyperbole to say that this series fundamentally changed between the Nets and the Bucs. In fact, the betting lines changed after the Bucs, even the series 2-2. They are now the favorites in Brooklyn for Game 5, according to betonline.ag, and now nearly 2-1 to favorites to win the series. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht. And Adam, what are the answers here for Brooklyn? Yeah, and probably unlikely that Kyrie Irving returns at any point in this series. You know, the sprain is bad. Not going to get much information out of the Brooklyn Nets, but you can't expect him to be coming back. Maybe there's some hope for James Harden. Listen, the benefit of having three stars is you still have one left. This is time for Kevin Durant to take over this game, but that's only going to be worth so much. He can drop 45 points, but if you don't get support from the rest of the players on this team, it's really not going to matter. So you have to look at a guy like Joe Harris. You have to look at a guy like Jeff Green that just came back from injury. Those are probably the two key supporting players that can help Kevin Durant win game five, force it to game six, and hopefully stem the tide to get Harden back in a potential game seven. And that's because they're perimeter shooters. The Nets need to lean into the three ball as the NBA is predicated on and look to drain those shots like they've done all year at a relatively high percentage and beat a Bucks team that is still beatable. When you go inside the numbers, it's not like they've been pummeling the Nets offensively. These are winnable games for Brooklyn. So then what is the offensive approach then? Is it just KD, ISOs, pick and roll all day? Or do you have to do something where you're getting some of these other guys involved so that you're not asking Kevin Durant to take 40 shots unless you think that's what they have to do to win? No, you know, and it's the combination of it, right? Because Kevin Durant taking 40 shots doesn't mean, even if he goes 50% from the field, 55% from the field, you can still lose those games. So when you talk about a player like Joe Harris, who's been relatively quiet in this series, I think the path to success is to work, as Doug Norrie iterated on our last episode, is to work some double screens. And that seems like a simple thing, you know, task to ask, but you have to force the ball into his hands. You have to get him to go from taking 10 or 11 shots per game upwards closer to 20. If he can get the volume, the, the, the numbers tell you he's going to knock these down. He's going to come out of that funk. The ISO ball for Kevin Durant has been there. P.J. Tucker, for as much of an antagonist as he's been, and Milwaukee Bucks fans will love that, he has not stopped Kevin Durant from getting what he wants. The last half of the game four, 
was not the Nets making a lot of adjustments or or understanding what they were going to have to pivot to. They did lean into Kevin Durant taking a lot of shots, playing a little bit of hero ball to see, could you steal that game still potentially? Now, with a day in between, you make the adjustments, you try to set it up so that you get the guys on the perimeter additional looks. If they're not going to support Kevin Durant, he could put up 50, he could put up 60, and the Nets could still lose this game. You, you cannot in the modern era of basketball, win with one superstar. It's why you see the construct of teams around the league such as they are. Coming up, is all the hype for the Browns warranted? And if so, why is this time different? Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, comes in nine delicious flavors. In addition to limited time flavors, and every time they come out with a new flavor, they seem to be trying to outdo their last flavor, and somehow they do it. And you still have the old standbys, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel to be there when you need it. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and yet they are low fat, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are not going to blow up your calorie count for the day. Use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. As has been the case the last few years, we have had a lot of Cleveland Browns hype. Travis Kelsey said the Browns are neck and neck with the Kansas City Chiefs. Jarvis Landry says Odell Beckham looks awesome. Bet Online has their over-under with the win total at 10 and a half. Joining me now from Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd. And Jeff, why is this year different for the Cleveland Browns than past years when there was a lot of excitement and they were not able to live up to it, although they did to an extent last year? I think if you're going to look at this, you obviously going to look at it on both sides of the ball. Uh, defensively, they just weren't there yet. And, you know, for a first year regime in 2020, I think they did a fantastic job trying to, you know, at least get as much talent as possible. Uh, defensively, it just wasn't there. Um, Joe Woods spent all of, you know, 2020 talking about how he wanted to go more heavy in the secondary. He wanted to play a lot more nickel. He wanted to play a lot more safeties. He wanted to play, you know, a lot more, you know, seven basically, you know, hybrid linebackers mixed with secondary. He just didn't have the personnel to do that. They never had the players on the roster. Certainly COVID did not, you know, assist in that effort. They were able to get the top safety on the free agent market in John Johnson III. They have Grant Delpit coming back. Ronnie Harrison, solid player. Now maybe you're talking about getting to play three safeties. Linebackers, everybody was wondering, you know, they're not paying anybody. They didn't pay anybody the first year. They really didn't pay anybody the second year. And part of that is, is because they're going to be, you know, they're going to be utilitarian. They're going to be first and 10 players. Then it's going to be coverage guys. Um, you know, if you are a team that's going to be winning, you think you're going to be playing a lot of dime. So you go and you address the secondary. You bring in Greg Newsom. You bring in the top slot corner that was also available in, uh, in you know, Troy Hill as, you know, they were able to do as there. And of course, you know, that's a nice one for the fans because he is a native of Ohio. You mix that in with the attorney, Greedy Williams. You find these hybrid players that you were hoping for in Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Uh, you draft another one in Tony Fields later. And then you look at the offensive side of the ball. Baker Mayfield had a great year. But the thing that was missing was they were always playing in a box. They were never challenging anyone vertically. You look at that Kansas City Chiefs playoff game. Chiefs said, we're going to line you up right here against the line of scrimmage because nobody on your team has got the speed to beat us deep. 
And they didn't. And the Chiefs were right. And it didn't work. You bring in Anthony Schwartz. You hope Odell is back to what he was. Um, and even if he's 85% of what he was, he doesn't need to be a 1,300-yard receiver. Even if it's 950 and change, if he can challenge his secondary vertically, it's going to open things up. You're allowed to, you're going to allowed to get these tight ends more involved than they did in 2020. It should just make things even easier for Baker. And now we're not going to have to talk about going 23 at 27 for 250. You can maybe go, you know, 19 for 24 and get closer to three bills because you're going to have a lot of easier, open, deep throws. And finally, John Rahm has been in isolation since having to leave the Memorial Tournament with a six-shot lead due to a positive COVID-19 test. He tested negative two days in a row last week and is now looking forward to teeing off at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines starting on Thursday. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up Wednesday, will Kevin Durant be enough for Brooklyn? So at least until tomorrow. Stay locked on today.